uh, group for young, specifically for young adults, um, so uh, that it might be something of interest for you. Hey, well, let's pray, and uh, we'll jump into this morning's message. God, we uh, thank you uh, that we can come together to worship you, to, to just know you better. Um, God, watch over us and open our hearts as we study your word today, uh, that you would just speak your truth into us, and um, that we would be open for whatever you may have for us. We pray these things in your name. Amen. So, we are uh, in the middle of a big, long campaign throughout the year entitled Believe, and so right now we're in this process where we talk about, we're talking about practices that we need in our li- to put to practice in our life that will help us grow in our faith to become more like Christ. And so this week we're talking about spiritual gifts and how, how God gives us gifts and in order for us to practice and, and use together as a group so that we can all grow together in, the, in our faith. Now, hopefully you've been doing some reading, if uh, you read along with the book. And it has some explanation in there. If, you, if you're not familiar with our Believe book, just uh, it's out in the lobby, and you can pick that up today. But, um, but if you haven't, uh, you should be able to grab on with where we're at today as we go through this. Uh, I'd like to just start off by reading our key verse for the week. Um, if we could put that up there. All right. So if you want, just uh, you can read along with me out loud, and let's go. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. So this is written by Paul, and what Paul is saying here is, look, you have a body, And your body all has these different parts, right? And all these parts do different things. They have different functions, but they all serve your body, right? Your heart, your eyes, your hands, everything serves your body, but they all serve it in a different way. And he says, so it is within the church, within the body of Christ. We are all to serve differently based on who we are, based on how God's gifted us. But we're all supposed to serve for the common purpose of building up this, the body of Christ. And, and so what we're going to look at today is that God has given us some specific gifts and how we learn about those gifts, how we use those gifts, and, and, and what, not, what not to do in using those gifts. So that's kind of what we're going to be looking at this morning. So <clears throat> we, we need to understand that God is a gift giver. God is a gift giver. You know, God gives us the gift of life. Um, salvation is completely a gift. If, you, if you've been a part of Mountain View very long or you, you've been walking with Christ, you know that our salvation doesn't come by any good works that we do. It doesn't come because we are able to say, well, look, here's my, all my gold stars, so I'm better than this person. It doesn't come by that. It, it comes as a gift because of what Jesus did on the cross. So God has given us that gift. He gives us the gift of our health and our family and friends and shelter, all to varying degrees. Right? Um, he doesn't just give us everything. He doesn't give us everything we want. Why? Because he's a good father. Right? And if you've been a parent, you know you, if you want your children to grow and mature, you can't give them everything you want if they want. If they give them everything they want, they don't mature. So, so he, he, we do have to walk through things, and we have our battles. And yet, 
God is a gift giver. And Paul says, all throughout different books, letters from Paul, he talks about spiritual gifts that God gives us as his children. Now, as we get into this, I just want to start by saying this is kind of one of these confusing areas in the church. Um, I've heard a lot of confusing teaching um, in the church, especially when I first started walking in, in the faith. <coughs> I was kind of trying to find, like, okay, you know, how does this work in my life? And so I was, like, trying all these different churches, you know. And, and, and then um, I, I just, I just kind of came across teaching sometimes. I would kind of go, well, I don't really see that that's exactly what the Bible says in this. And, and there's not a lot. There's a massive amount of teaching on spiritual gifts. There's, a, there's basically two large passages that Paul talks about it. One smaller one, and then a couple verses by another uh, apostle, Peter. But outside of that, that, that's where it is. So we kind of have to take everything we have from that. And so I say that to say this. What we're going to focus on is only what we can clearly see here. Okay, Because I believe a lot of the teaching, and, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, and you're like, okay, I don't, I, I've never had any experience in this at all. Great, no problem, okay? But if you kind of do know what I'm ta- talking about, just uh, for th- those of you that don't, just hang on one minute, we'll get to it. But for those of you that do, I think one of the problems with this is we make secondary things primary things. And some teaching on spiritual gifts, they have a tendency to, to take things that have nothing to do with salvation, have nothing to do with whether or not we follow Christ, and they kind of make them in that same level. And they say, you know, yeah, no, these things, these specific gifts, you have to have these. Um, one specifically, many, many believe that speaking in tongues. That, no, you have, you have to do that. Um, if that's the case, then I still am working on it and I'm not saved. So you, you should probably leave if you believe that. So, um, but, but <coughs> um, so, so that's, that's one area that we're, where we're, a lot of people have kind of taken that. And yet Paul says, hey, not everyone should do that. And it shouldn't be even desired. There's other things that should be desired. And yet a lot of times in the church, so if you've heard that, if you've kind of been taught that, I would challenge you, just read what the Bible says about it because it's not something that, they, they, that is really that emphasis is put on it. Um, and in other times in, in talking about spiritual gifts, I think sometimes we just twist a little bit about what the Bible says about it, and we, we make things more important than they need to. So, once again, if you had no idea what I'm talking about, I'm back. Okay? If, you, if, you, if you'd been there uh, and you've, you've heard some of these teachings, just know, I want you to know where we stand as a church. So we're going to focus on what we do see clearly about spiritual gifts. So let's, let's jump in. The first thing we see is, one, they come from God. Our spiritual gifts, are, are, they're a gift from God. 1 Corinthians 12, 6-7. By the way, if you want to follow along today, I would just recommend you do two, th- just look up three passages. The Romans passage that we just used as our, our, our key verse, um, Romans 12, and then 1 Corinthians 12, and then Ephesians 4. And we'll, we're just going to bounce back and forth through those three throughout, throughout the morning here. 1 Corinthians 12, 6-7 says this. It says, there are different kinds of working, 
But the same God works all of them in all men. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So he's saying there's different kind of workings or gifts. Remember, this is in the context of this whole chapter. He's talking about spiritual gifts. So he says there's different kinds of spiritual gifts. And, and God works all of those gifts. God gives every one of us those gifts, but he gives them in different ways, depending on who we are and, and what his purpose is. So God gives his children special talents. He gifts them with specific and special talents. He goes on in verse 11, just a few verses down. He says, all of these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. So he says they're all from the spirit. The spirit of God gives us all these, and he does it as he determines. That means he doesn't give us all the same gifts, and he doesn't give us all. It's not necessarily fair. Right? Now, once again, if God, God is a, the perfect father. If you're, you're a parent, you know that if you really are going to raise, if we're going to raise our kids and we're going to teach them to be mature, what's one of the very first lessons they need to learn? Life isn't fair, right? So, so same thing goes with God. We're not all going to get the same kind of gifts. We're not all, it's not all going to be the same way. My kids still hold it over my head that Hannah got a cell phone two years younger than they did because, because that wasn't fair. But it was better for me because then I could get rid of my home phone. So, so it just, you know, it worked out. But, but the point is, it's just not always fair, right? Life isn't fair. And so, so we, we get these different gifts but it's not going to be like this equal thing. So sometimes we're, we might sense like, man, I really wish I had that gift. Or, I'm, or I have that gift, but I'm just, man, I wish I was like that person. And re- instead of just being an, a, thankful and accepting who we are. Okay? <clears throat> so God gives us these gifts, but what is the purpose? What is the purpose? Why, why do we have these, these different gifts? Well, the first thing I would say is to bring unity. To bring unity. 1 Corinthians again, chapter 12, says this. In verse 18 through 20, it says, But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. So here what he says. He says, God has arranged all these parts to serve the body. So they're all different parts but they all come together to serve one body. We're all brought together to serve one purpose. There should be unity when we work together. Remember last week we actually talked about creating unity, and one of the things we talked about is that we want unity, not uniformity, right? We want unity, not uniformity. Um, in Southern California, there's, there's a, some churches I've been to. that They're great churches. But literally, like, it's hard to find anyone in the church that doesn't kind of all look the same. You know, they're like, like, like you walk in and go, okay, this is the hipster church. Okay, everyone in here is a hipster. Or, okay, yeah, this is the yuppie church, you know, and, and this, you know, and you can kind of, and there's just like some, some just, there's a lot of uniformity. And I'm not saying that that's necessarily a bad thing, but that's not, that, that's not the goal. The goal is, is unity. I love that in our church, there's, there's a lot of diversity and backgrounds and where we come from and, and, and what, you know, how we dress and all that kind of stuff. So we're seeking unity, not uniformity. God has intended 
God never, I mean, he, God never intended every one of us to be the same, to look the same, or to have the same gifts. But instead, he created us to complement one another, to help each other overcome our weaknesses and to work towards a common purpose. And guess what? We work towards a common purpose much better when we all have different strengths. When we all have different strengths, if we will just humble ourselves and have a servant's mindset, we actually accomplish a lot more with using those different strengths. Ephesians 4, verse 11 through 13, he says, And he gave some to be apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers. Those are all kind of more leadership gifts in the church. But listen to what he says. He says, To equip the saints for the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So he gave us these things so that we can all, that all learn to work together to create unity in the body and grow in maturity. Second thing, we need to use them to serve one another. <coughs> God's given you different gifts and strengths, talents, and you are called to serve one another with those things. They're not just meant to serve your purposes. They're meant to serve the, church, the purposes of the church, the purposes of the body of Christ, however, however that looks, and whoever God brings into your life in that way. Look at, look at verse 12 again of, of uh, that passage in Ephesians. He says, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, to build up the body of Christ. See, when we serve one another, we, we build one another up. Right? Does it build you up when someone serves you? Does it not encourage you? Does it not, not make you feel better? Does it not, not give you strength sometimes to go on when you're going through difficult times? Romans 12, 6 through 8 says, Having gifts that differ according to the grace given us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, to the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, to the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. See, what he's saying is, look, you all have different gifts. Some of you have gifts of giving. Some of you have gifts of mercy. Some have gifts of leadership. Some of exhortation. Whatever you do, do it wholeheartedly to serve one another in, in a way that brings about the purposes of God. So he's exalting them to use their gifts to benefit others. 1 Corinthians 12, 24 through 26 says this, says, But God has combined the members of the body, so he's brought the members of the body together, and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. See, when we serve one another, that means that when one part has something to celebrate, we should be celebrating that together. Not feeling jealous that they're celebrating it and we don't get to. And when one part is suffering, we should be suffering together with them. Third thing is we, we should use our gifts to bring maturity. To bring maturity. The, our passage in Ephesians says, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of God. Now, he's speaking directly to leadership gifts there, but everything we do, 
everything we do in the body of Christ together should, should be attributing to the maturity of others and the maturity of ourselves as we grow together. You ever, you ever work with someone that does things totally different than you? It's not always a fun experience, is it? But did you know, have you, have you ever worked with someone who does things totally different from you and then learned from them and actually grown as a result of, of that? See, if we humble ourselves and we do things we, in, in, a, in a more humble way, in a loving way, we actually learn from one, one another. We actually grow as a result of our working together, right? But it, but it, has, to, it has to start from a place of, of wanting what's best and being able to humble ourselves at times learning to not be in control at times. <clears throat> and then finally, we use them to promote, promote love. We use our gifts to promote love. Paul, Paul spends all of 1 Corinthians 12 talking about spiritual gifts. But then if, you, if you're looking at your Bible, if you skip down to chapter 13, he transitions from spiritual gifts to love. And he does so while still talking about spiritual gifts. He ends chapter 12 with, in verse 31. He says, and I will show you still a more excellent way. And then he goes on in verse chapter 13. He says, if I speak in the tongues of men and angels but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have, faith, if I have all faith so that it has to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all that I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but I have not love, I am nothing. See what he's saying? He's saying if you have the gifts of giving, and you give everything you have, but you don't have love, it's nothing. He says if you have the gifts to, to understand prophecies, and, and, or you have the gifts to, um, to speak in tongues, whatever you think your gift is, if it's not completely bathed in love, if that's not the basis of it, then, then it means nothing. A whole purpose of serving one another, our whole purpose of being united with one another, our whole purpose of growing into maturity is so that we can learn to love one another. It's so that we can grow in our love for one another. <clears throat> so spiritual gifts, they're, they're, I would say their primary purpose is to teach us how to love. Is to teach us how to love. Because I don't know about you, but I... It's easier for me to love people who do things the same way I do and all agree with me. Anyone else? Is there anyone else that feels that way? I have a harder time loving people that disagree with me. It's, just, it's weird that way. That's why teenagers are so hard, right? When they're little, right, they always agree with you. They think you walk on water, right? And then they realize you don't, right? And, and they start disagreeing with you. They start having their own way of thinking, their own way of doing things. And... And sure, because they're teenagers, most of those ways are kind of ridiculous. But the reality is, is sometimes they're growing and they actually have good ways of doing things. And they're, and they're learning and they're, they're becoming their own people. And as parents, we struggle with that. We don't want to let go. and We want to still have control. And, and it constantly creates these, these issues. And, and it's finding that balance of, okay... We still love one another. We're still going to work for a common purpose, but we're going to do it a little differently than we did when you were seven. Right? My kids, my three older, are pretty much into adulthood now. Um, and uh, it's, it's just an interesting process of, of going through all that. 
And yet, it's exciting to see them become their own person and them to, them to have their way of doing things and, and to watch how they, they handle a situation. And they still come to me at times, and I give them advice, but part of the humbling process of that is I don't control it. I just give them the advice. But then they also have to know that means I don't also just give them all the resources, right? <laughs> they just they get help, assistance sometimes, but not everything they need. So, so it's, a, it's a process. But this, I think a lot of times in the church, we, we have a hard time with the people that don't agree with us or don't do it the way we would do it or, or don't have a passion for the thing we have a passion for. And we, we cause too much division and fighting over those things instead of learning to love one another through those things. So let's talk about how to use gifts. <laughs> and that's what they're for. That's their purpose. How do we use them? Well, let's start with some don'ts so we can end with the positives. Number one, don't compare. Don't compare. If you look at for, uh, chapter 12 of Corinthians, all throughout that he's saying, look, you know, the foot can't say, well, because I'm not a hand, I'm not important. And the, the ear can't say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not important. Says you're all important. Everyone's important. You can't you can't look and go, oh well, that's the really important gift, or that's the gift I would really want. We all have to be excited about the gifts we have and use them to God's glory. Most of you have heard of Stradivarius violins, right? Um, well, they're pretty, to my knowledge, they're the most sought after instrument in the world. Uh, Stradivarius starts at a hundred thousand dollars, right? So they're 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 the most sought after instrument. But Stradivarius actually wanted to be a violinist. He wanted to play or sing, and he was not gifted in that. And no matter how hard he tried and practiced, he knew he just was never going to actually be a talented violinist. But he was a whittler. And he started honing that whittling craft to become a craftsman. And eventually he became a craftsman of violins. And we have those violins today because instead of comparing and saying, well, I can't be that, so I, I'm just going to just stop trying to do anything, he grasped on to a talent that God had given him and made a legacy because he was willing to pursue what God had given him. How many of us, because we spend so much time comparing ourselves to other people, are not excelling in where, what God has given us. We're not, we're not utilizing the gifts God's given us because we wish we were like so-and-so. We, we wish that we had that, the gift of someone else, that someone else has. Stop comparing. Secondly, don't judge. Romans 12.3 says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. I think one of the biggest problems of division and dissension in the church today is, is related to this. We get irritated and we get judgmental with people who don't share our passions for various things. And if they don't share our passion, they're wrong. And, and we judge them. But you see, their passions usually are related to their gifts. I had a situation in my first youth ministry. <clears throat> I had this big, massive Marine dude. Um, you know, like he was like, he barely, I think his like word limit for the day was like two or 300 words a day, right? He just didn't like to talk. Big dude, really scary. 
um, and um, very intense. And he and he was really serious about discipleship. I mean, him, man, we needed to be discipling kids. And he had a he had gifts of teaching and and studying. You know, he didn't like to be up front in a bunch bunch of people. But man, you put him with like 12, 15 people, he he could really teach really well. And he was always pushing and fighting for our youth ministry to be do more discipling. And he kind of was always against the rest of my team. And and then I had this other guy. I mean, he was just like the happiest, go lucky, sweet guy, you know. Um, and just all, you know, the kids loved him. Every kid just always like wanted to be around him, and and you know, high fiving all the kids, and always interested in what they were doing. Um, but he had huge gifts of helps and serving. And so, rather than have these two guys fight, I I, I get them together. And and because without it, without the leadership to pull them together, they were constantly at each other. But instead, what we did was we pulled them together, and we we got, I got them to agree. Look, the tr- the youth ministry needs to have outlets for serving others and meeting the needs of others, but also needs to have outlets for the kids to grow at deeper levels. And so as a result, this guy became oversaw our discipleship aspect, and this guy oversaw our our um, missions and outreach aspects. And, and they were the ones they, doing all that. The cool thing was they actually became really good friends. Their, their, their kids now are married to each other, and they're, they're in-laws of one another, and they, they hang out all the time. The guy who wanted to be a teacher is now, he, he has his own small little church. That, that they needed a pastor, and, and it's a small church, and, and so he, he went there, and he's been doing that. The guy who wanted to do helps and and outreach stuff heads the food pantry for the city that that, that we lived in as a church. See, because they they didn't judge one another, they started doing doing it, but we we taught them not to judge one another, rather than instead appreciate each other's gifts and see that, man, this guy over here, he would hate to run a pantry. He'd, He'd just assume, you know, never get out of bed if he had to go do that. This guy over here, the idea of putting that much studying in and, and teaching that depth, oh, it just, I would, he's like, there's so much to be done. Why would I be sitting at a desk for hours? See, see, we all have our different strengths. And we can't judge other people because they don't pursue the same passions and use gifts the same way you do. So don't judge. Third, don't isolate. <laughs> what do I mean by that? Don't think just because you're gifted in one area and you're not that gifted in another area that you don't ever have to do it, right? Don't, don't think, well, you know, I, I'm not gifted in giving, so I'll just never give, you know. Or, you know, I, I'm not gifted in helps, so if a lady drops something in front of me, well, that's tough for, tough for her, right? I mean, that, that's, not my, that's, not my, that's not my gifting, sorry, you know. Or I'm not gifted in teaching, so if someone says, if someone literally walks up to me and says, hey, I just would love to hear a little bit more about Jesus. Could you please tell me about Jesus? I'm not going to go. I'm just going to go, well, no, actually I can't because that's not my gift. I'm sorry. No, see, you, you, we, we, we got to learn that just because you don't have a gift in something doesn't mean we're still not called to use it a little bit. Doesn't mean we're still not called to, to work and help learn to understand that a little bit. We, we, have, we have our gifts, we serve in those, but we still 
have to kind of be a little bit more well-rounded at times. I always kind of use it, and if you've ever ran a company, it's kind of the same principle. If you can get people to work in 80% of their strengths and talents at a job, and they're still going to have to do 20% that they don't like, right? They're still going to have to do 20% that's not really who they are. But if you can get them where they're 80% of the time, they're doing stuff they really excel at, they're usually going to love their work, right? And same thing with using our spiritual gifts. If, if you know, put, we should be focusing our effort on really just excelling in the things that we know we do, we do well at. But that doesn't mean we just completely ignore everything else. So don't, don't isolate Okay, let, let's talk about some do's. First do, and this, this one might be where most of you in the room need to start. Seek them and find them. Seek them out. Find them. Figure out what your spiritual gifts are. You might be going, ah, Shane, I have no idea what you're talking about. Spirit, I, I, spiritual gift. Am I going to have a little package at my door when I get home? I don't understand. Right? <laughs> um, God has given us these, these different talents. These different strengths, gifts, whatever however you want to call them. And he wants each and one, every one of us to use them. Now, if you really don't know, and if you were to say, I, I don't know what they are, I can't encourage you enough to take our, our next steps class. Because that is week three of next steps. Our week three of next steps class, we, we literally go through it with you, help you take some surveys and things to help you figure out within a realm that, not, you know, no test like that is perfect, but it, but it gives you a really good picture of where you should be serving and how you should be serving, where your giftedness lies. So week three of Next Steps. So Next Steps starts back here in March, and I would strongly encourage you, jump into that. Um, and, I'll, and, I'll, and also, if you don't know, if you really have never heard anything about your spiritual gifts, or not, my, I'm just going to promise you, the first two weeks are going to be important for you as well because it's, you know, that's, it's just going to be a connection. So, so seek out your gifts. Find out what they are. Secondly, use them. Use them regularly. Once you realize what it is, use it. You know, have you ever heard that, you know, if you want something to become a habit, you got to put it into practice regularly, right? you got to put it into practice. you got to do it. Just keep, keep doing what you're gifted in. And as you keep doing it, more and more opportunities will come to the surface. More and more opportunities will rise up for you to continue doing what you're doing. If, you're, if you have a gift of hospitality, figure out a way on a regular basis to open your home up to people and invite them in. Not just for the purpose of hanging out, but for the purpose of maybe encouraging specific people that you know are going through tough times. You know, they could just use a friend or someone to listen to w with them. Or, or join one of the hospitality ministries here at, at the church. You know, but, but just figure out a way to do it regularly. And we could go on and on through that list. Third, practice them. Practice them. There's a difference in just doing something and actually practicing it. <laughs> if you just keep doing something and doing it badly, what do, you, what do you do? You actually get worse. You know that? You get worse at it. But if you practice something, practicing means you're actually taking time to evaluate how you're doing in it and you're, you're, you're growing in it. You know, Michael Jordan was a very talented basketball player. But it doesn't matter how much talent he had. He also was one of the strongest practicers. 
He also practiced endlessly to hone his talent to become excellent at it. Learn to practice whatever it is that you're gifted in so that you can continue to grow in it and continue to take it to whole new levels. I think one of the problems, and I've run into a lot of people who do this, they have this big vision for something that they want to do, right? Oh, one of these days I'm going to, I'm going to open a homeless shelter, and I'm going to run over, I'm going to oversee it, and, and then they have this huge idea for what they want to do. But a year, three years, five years later, nothing has happened. They could still tell you a lot about what they're going to do. But in the meantime, they don't ever, they've never gone and volunteered at a homeless shelter. See, if, 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 a lot of times we have this picture, and we, we have great intentions of what we want to do, and we may have heard this, I've said this before. We judge others by their actions. We judge ourselves by our intentions, right? You are not who you think you are. You are what you do, okay? So, so if, you're, if you have great intentions, so what? Go out and put it into practice in a small way and do, do something little. And, get, and the more you do that, the more the doors will open, the, more, the better you'll be at something, and the more you can actually have a chance of obtaining a vision. We came here to plant a church nine years ago. I had a vision for that. What if all I did was, all I did was still talk about that? What, what if I was still just getting together with coffee for people and going, oh, man, one of these days, we're just going to have this church here in Heber, and it's going to be so awesome. Let me, eventually, everyone would go, yeah, that, that's great, Shane. Have, have, go back to delivering pizzas after you're done here, right? Because, you know, it's like, go, go, you're not doing anything with it. So stop talking about it, right? Practice your gifts. Put them to use. And then finally, use them in love. Use them in love. Remember, if we use our gifts in amazing ways, but outside of the context of love, it means nothing. The whole purpose is for us to put love into practice. That's what it all comes down to. We all are different. And I think we could go around this room and we could, if everybody shared, we, even, we might have, you know, there, there'd be probably four to five, six people that maybe have the same gifts that you do. But then on top of that, you have different experiences. You have different passions. You have different things that have got you to this point. And that, that gives you a slightly different way in which you would love to see that happen. And, and that's an awesome thing. But if it's not all put together and all done in love, then it, then it just goes to the wayside and it becomes useless. God has uniquely placed you like no one else where you are to serve his purposes. <coughs> we can choose to take those gifts and do nothing with them. Or we can choose to give them to him and watch them multiply. You see... The reality is if you get a gift, if you don't use it, it doesn't do you any good. I used to want to play guitar. So my parents bought me a guitar for Christmas. I had the gift right there. Unfortunately, 
I never used it. So you have to use a gift <coughs> if you're going to get any better at it, if you're going to do anything with it. And sometimes it's hard. See, I wanted a guitar because it sounded like a great thing to be able to do. But that also meant playing less video games right? or, or doing less whatever else I wanted to do and practicing something. Putting time, my time into something that later on could have played great dividends. But instead, I squandered it. And that gift became useless. Because I was unwilling to put it to practice. Unwilling to use it. Unwilling to take this great gift that had been given to me and do something with it. Let's pray. God, I, I thank you um, for your love for us. I thank you that you gift us in awesome ways. Um, and God, we um, I just I ask that you help us to use the gifts that you've given us to serve you wholeheartedly. Um, God, to learn to humble ourselves so that we can serve alongside others who disagree with us, who don't do things the same way, who have totally different giftedness, um, all remembering that it's to serve the same common purpose. Um, God, if there's anyone in this room that the, the whole idea of gifts uh, that you've given them is just a new concept, God, I pray that they would take the next step of, of taking our Next Steps class and, and hearing what this, what this is, uh, understanding it better, and being able to apply it in a personal way. I pray these things in your name. Amen.